Welcome back to the 9 to 5 Fitness Podcast. I am your host, resident fitness expert Matt, and I am super excited to bring you the first interview for our second season of this podcast. I had the great opportunity to speak with Dr. Will Cole, who is a leading functional medicine expert. He consults people around the world and locally in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors of chronic disease and customizing health programs for thyroid issues, autoimmune conditions, hormonal dysfunctions, digestive disorders, and brain problems. Dr. Cole was named one of the top 50 functional medicine and integrative doctors in the nation and is a health expert for Mind, Body, Green, and Goop. Dr. Cole is the author of the book, The Inflammation Spectrum, in which he explores how inflammation exists on a spectrum within the body, the various systems it can affect, and how you can discover your individual food triggers to overcome chronic inflammation. He is also the author of Ketotarian, in which he melds the powerful benefits of a ketogenic diet with a plant-based one. Because of the length of this interview and the amount of detailed information, I have decided to split it into two parts. In this episode, we will introduce the topic of inflammation in the body, and next week we will dive deeper into the ways you can start to counteract its negative effects. If the topic of inflammation in the body is completely new to you, I would advise listening to this episode more than once. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into the interview. How long have you, um, so let's say for the course of your career, been focusing specifically on the importance of inflammation in the body? Oh my goodness, it's it's the heart of what I've done from the beginning because you can't really talk about health and wellness and chronic health problems without understanding inflammation, uh, the causes of it, what's driving it, how it's impacting people. So yeah, it's such a, an everyday, almost hourly thing that I have to deal with uh, from the onset of my career. So it's only grown as far as my understanding in it, my immersion into the research of it, and um, yeah, my heart for people going through it as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's definitely something that, for at least for me, in terms of considering what the term even means in the body, uh, hasn't been that long. Um, and I think for a lot of people, when they, they hear that word, it can be a little bit confusing just because they may not really understand the basics of the term. And then once they know, okay, well, inflammation is considered not really a good thing in my body, how do they even recognize or figure out what it is? So um, could you give our listeners just kind of like your, you know, brief explanation of what uh, inflammation is within the body? Yeah, sure. So inflammation actually by itself innately is not a bad thing. It, inherently, it's not a bad thing. It's, um, it's part of our immune system. It fights viruses, bacteria. It's a really important part for human physiology. It's uh, needed for wound healing. Uh, on a cellular level, it's needed from a like a healthy cell membrane function. So it's there's nothing inherently wrong with it. The problem is when inflammation is thrown out of balance. That's when problems arise. Is chronic inflammation is the issue. It's it's this sort of low grade forest fire burning in perpetuity. That's that's the issue. So it's like anything else in the body. It's it's subject to the Goldilocks principle. Not too high, not too low, but just right. And uh, that is applicable to inflammation. It's applicable to hormones, right? We don't want excess hormones. We don't want hormone deficiency. Our gut microbiome for bacteria and yeast, we don't want a deficiency of those, but we don't want an overgrowth of bacteria and yeast either. Uh, same with inflammation. It's subject to that same law uh, from a health standpoint. Uh, and we want inflammation when when we have a virus or 
as some sort of infection. We want inflammation to do its job, but then calm back down when the job is done. The problem is for too many people for too long, uh, inflammation is out of balance. And uh, when you look at the scientific literature and what uh, the implication of inflammation when it comes to the, these issues like cancer and heart disease, diabetes, all of them are chronic inflammatory problems. Autoimmune conditions, chronic inflammatory problems. Digestive problems, musculoskeletal issues, to even the, the mental health space of looking at anxiety and depression and fatigue and brain fog. I mean, in, in Western thought, we like to think of and separate mental health from physical health. But mental health is physical health. Our brain is part of our body. And when people are going through mental health issues like anxiety, depression, brain fog, fatigue, whatever other mental health uh, diagnoses you're thinking of, there is a physiological component to that. And what research is looking at, they refer to it in the literature as the cytokine model of cognitive function. And cytokines are pro-inflammatory cells. So it's basically looking at how inflammation is impacting how people's brains work. It's it's looking at how inflammation impacts mental health. And it's really um, uh, remarkable to look at the pathways and the components of inflammation and its role for mental health too. So all those issues, when you look, look at the what I just said, all those health problems, that's sadly impacting the majority of the human race today. Uh, so chronic inflammation is a problem. Uh, so while we have this dichotomy and this like sobering statistics of what I just said, the connection of inflammation, the commonality of chronic inflammation between these health issues. But the other side of that coin is that we, these are largely improvable, supportable, healable, reversible, overcomable things. So why would we want to settle for anything less? And we understand these health issues more than we've ever done as well. And we, we as humans wield in most cases, a lot of influence over our biochemistry. So that's what my second book, The Inflammation Spectrum, is really geared towards. It's it, it's educating people on this and how inflammation exists on a spectrum. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, so we have on one end of the inflammation spectrum, it's the low-grade things like maybe low-grade fatigue, background anxiety, maybe some digestive bloating or something like that. And then on the other end of the inflammation spectrum, it's the full-blown diagnosable ICD-10 diagnosis code, whether that's an autoimmune condition or hormonal imbalance or a metabolic issue and then everything in between on this inflammatory continuum. So that is um, what's, uh, what my heart is is to help people that are struggling with these inflammation spectrum issues and, uh, and there's so much you know, agency we have over our wellness in most cases. Yeah, that, that's, that's a really good analogy, which is one of the reasons why I like title of your book so much is explaining that there's kind of these degrees of what inflammation look like looks like and kind of where you fall and you know how how you may be feeling and kind of how how much attention you should give it should you you know dive right in and say red alert we need to you know fix everything now or is it kind of like something you can you know, recognize that you need to start fixing and then slowly make those daily habit changes to kind of help fix those inflammatory responses so they don't turn into the chronic issues like you mentioned. So I think just for um, especially our listeners who may not have done a deep dive into inflammation yet, I think it's definitely something that we all need to be more aware of because we may recognize some of those symptoms that you that you mentioned, you know, the, the fatigue and, you know, the bloating and all that stuff. But we may just throw it off and be like, oh, you know, I had a you know, a bad meal of whatever, or 
oh, I was stressed out, you know, today. So, um, but we may not identify it as that inflammatory response that could be a potential negative if it continues and then turn into something chronic, which like you said, can turn into a much bigger deal. So I really like that. I really like that explanation. And that was kind of like the next thing I wanted to dive into a little bit more is how do we, how can we get people to understand number one, you know, the, the symptoms that you're feeling are an inflammatory response and you should care more about it because if you don't and it continues long-term, well, then something really bad is going to happen and then you're going to have to care about it. Otherwise, potential, you know, significant damage is going to happen throughout your body. So how, how do you, how do you um, work with your clients and those that you talk to individually that you're trying to help address their inflammatory responses and saying, hey, you know, even though you have these minor symptoms right now and it's good that you're recognizing it, it's very important that you take that next step in changing behavior because you're on the cusp of it turning into something that could be potentially uh, chronic and very damaging. Yeah, that's a great, great question. So I, I think that it's first of all important to understand when someone's diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, you know, whether whatever that is, there's over 100 different autoimmune conditions. There's a 40 uh, conditions above that 100 that at least have an autoimmune component. And I believe in time as researchers learn how more diseases operate, we're going to find that most chronic health problems actually have autoimmune components. I mean, you look at heart disease, cancer, uh, those are not overtly autoimmune in most cases, but yet researchers are looking at even those have as having autoimmune components to them. So we're talking about really most auto health issues have autoimmune components with time. But for now, we're talking about 140 that mainstream you know, literature recognizes. When someone's diagnosed with that or diabetes, type 2 diabetes, or you know, any one of these chronic health problems, research estimates that those things began brewing uh, that inflammatory storm four to 10 years prior to that diagnosis. Oh, Meaning wow. that when someone's told, hey, you have this, like you have Hashimoto's disease or you have MS or you know, diabetes or whatever chronic health problem you're talking about, we're talking about, okay, that didn't happen the day before you were diagnosed. It, four yeah. to 10 years prior to that, things were happening. So that's the inflammation spectrum right there. I mean, this is that low-grade continuum of chronic degenerative changes in the body that you can measure on laps. You can look into someone's life and see the trajectory of these chronic inflammatory changes. And normally they don't happen out of the blue. Maybe to the layperson they do. Like an autoimmune flare can come out of the blue. But it, honestly, if someone was being monitored and looking at those things, normally, and there's exceptions to this rule, but normally you could see uh, proclivities, proclivities, you could see predispositions, you could see uh, markers that would show, okay, there is a potential for this going on here. And um, specific to autoimmunity, there's like three stages of on that autoimmune inflammation spectrum. There's silent autoimmunity, meaning if you ran labs, you would see maybe some abnormal antibodies or some other markers showing uh, problems, but the person feels fine. And then stage two on the autoimmune inflammation spectrum is uh, autoimmune reactivity. So that's meaning they're having symptoms, they don't feel good, the labs are abnormal, but they're not bad enough to be labeled with a full-blown uh, autoimmune disease diagnosis code, which is the stage three. It's uh, The stage three is autoimmune disease. It's, it's the 
diagnosable ICD-10 code. But look at what the criteria is for for to even label somebody with those autoimmune conditions. You have to have 90% destruction of the adrenal glands before a mainstream medicine calls calls Addison's disease or autoimmune adrenal disease. You have to have about 70-ish percentage destruction of the myelin sheath before it shows up on an imaging study and they say, okay, this looks like a, a MS lesion, or you have to have, you know, similar destruction of the villi, like 70, 80% destruction of the villi, parts of your gastrointestinal system before it shows up on a biopsy and for them to catch it and say, you have celiac disease. Those didn't happen overnight. It's that, I mean, talk about 70 to 90% destruction of certain parts of our body that took four to 10 years, just like the research shows. So it's, it's this larger continuum that I really want to empower people to not scare them for the sake of it. And like, I'm not making, I'm not saying people should just be hypochondriacs and obsessed about this, but you have to know what you're up against to do something about it. And if forever, anyone that's listening out there that this is applicable to, or if you love somebody that this is applicable to, we have to know what we're up against. Because uh, a lot of times people just have their head in the sand unknowingly and with good intentions, just like, well, it's like, like you said, this is my normal or I'm just busy. I'm just stressed. I'm just getting older. I'm a new mom or all these sort of reasons as to why people just keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. We have to shift our perspective and inform ourselves uh, on what we can do. And um, all of these chronic health problems are on the rise. But again, the flip side of that is that there's so much we can do. This is not a message of like uh, like uh, depression or nothing we can do about it. We should just give up and throw our hands up and we're, we're met, you're screwed. That's not the case at all. There's so much we can do in most cases to overcome these things, to heal, to improve, to support optimal health. Um, and it's also important to differentiate, you know, just because someone has an autoimmune condition, let, let's talk about this specifically. You could have a chronic inflammatory problem but not be autoimmune. Uh, but all autoimmune issues are inflammatory. Let me just differentiate that. So um, yeah. I'm talking about both different things here. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, yeah, I think that's a really good thing for people to kind of come to grips with, especially if they aren't concerned really about their symptoms per se. You know, maybe they're just like, oh, I have headaches or, you know, oh, I I'm stressed out all the time. Oh, I have high blood pressure. Like you said, it's just they're kind of normal and they they just write it off as I'm going to push through it and I'll fight it and I'll be fine. And so for those people that, you know, number one, just need to recognize, okay, well, there is, there is a way that you can feel better. Um, there is a reason why those things are happening. What are some of those kind of, uh, I guess, main symptoms that you, you're either pointing out to individuals or maybe those individuals, they, they recognize it, but it's not to the level where they develop a concern about it. Can, so can you kind of just touch on kind of what you, what you see as those top, I don't want to call them red flags. I mean, they're red flags, uh, but they're not emergency red flags. They're kind of just like, hey, you know, this is going on, you know, I really think it's time for you to start considering, you know, how much inflammation is actually going in your body because of, you know, A, B, and C. Are there any kind of top symptoms or top, you know, experiences people are having uh, in general that people might be able to recognize or point out where usually they just write it off as normal life? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so the the lower end of the inflammation spectrum, like the people that 
there's problems, but it's not bad enough to maybe be labeled full-blown with an ICD-10 code. I would call it, say, generalized anxiety and sort of mild depression, sort of a, a lack of zest for life, some people describe it as, but in a background anxiety, some sort of a, inexplicable uh, non-specific anxiousness uh, or nervousness. Um, those are low-grade inflammatory problems in most cases. And then brain fog, like trouble with word, word recall and name recall, Oftentimes people will just chuck talk it down to, you know, I'm busy or I am a new parent or I, I you know, I whatever reason you can, you know, excuse you can think of, that could be uh, another inflammatory symptom on one end of the inflammatory spectrum. And that's so that's from a mind standpoint. And then energy, you know, I think uh, trouble with getting through the day, needing coffee and sugar to get through the day this sort of ba uh, low-grade fatigue, uh, lethargy is definitely a common thing that someone on the low end of the inflammation spectrum could see, meaning that the, the things are starting, but they're typically not fully having that wake-up call yet, but they should, because uh, the sooner you deal with this, the, the quicker the turnaround can be in most cases. And then you, know, you could look at um, metabolic issues, like trouble losing weight. I mean, doing all the right things, but not having an easy time losing weight, that's typically a assigned too. I mean, all of these things that I'm mentioning are like check engine lights, like the check yeah. engine lights on the car. Okay. You don't just cover up the check engine light and ignore it. You, you look, take your car to the mechanic and you, and he does diagnostics. The mechanic does the diagnostics. And that's the same thing that I'm doing for patients when I'm consulting them online on running diagnostics to see why that check engine light is on. Uh, why is the fatigue there? Why is the anxiousness there? Why is the brain fog there? Why is the weight loss resistance there? These are all check engine lights. Um, so those are some common things. And you could look at like hair, like thinning of hair as being another one. You could see uh, like skin, uh, nail issues. That could be another sign. And of course, digestive problems. So like the bloating, uh, sluggish GI movement, um, you know, you're supposed to go to the bathroom, bowel movements, like healthy, normal formation one to two times a day. Many people are going less than that or more than that. So that's another check engine light for sure, looking at digestion um, and bloating. Uh, so those are the most common things that, that I see. Okay. Yeah, those, that's great. I think that helps for people that, you know, they just, they can recognize their symptoms, how it feels for them, but they might call it something, you know, different. Um, so, um, okay, great. I think, I think that, that kind of really details kind of the outline of inflammation. Um, so let's kind of move on to what you just mentioned and say, you know, individuals are concerned. They recognize those symptoms. What's, what's kind of the uh, game plan? What, what, what would you recommend in terms of a strategy going forward if they recognize, number one, they have these symptoms and they do want to do something about it and they're committed to, um, you know, kind of working with their inflammation and making sure that it doesn't turn into a chronic issue. How, how would somebody start? Where would they go? What would they do? And then what are some of those steps, whether or not it's, you know, uh, the importance of changing their diet, making sure that their exercise program is on point, um, you know, reducing their, your stress, reducing their environmental stressors, kind of, can you, can you outline kind of what typically you expect from clients or from individuals that, recognize their symptoms and they're ready to do something about it. Yeah. So uh, I would say first is really being honest with yourself about where you're at. Thank you so much for listening to part one of the Dr. Will Cole interview on inflammation in the body. 
Please stay tuned for part two, which will be released next week. If you want to follow Dr. Cole, you can visit his website, drwillcole.com, where you can find more information about the info and services he provides. <laughs>